0: The volume. Hey guys, it's The Sessions presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and so, so easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. And when you win, you get paid real fast. FanDuel's lots of ways to play, like in the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. And you can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out Same Game Parlay Plus. And really great news for moi... FanDuel is now live in Ohio. Who day, baby? I got bets to make and money to make. So guys, use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1 800 next step or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it for Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1 877 770 stop for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the sessions. Really freaking pumped about this episode You know, we started off the year, we had a couple best ofs. Emilio and I popped on just to like shoot the breeze, have a little catch up, um, a little dipping the toe back into the world of podcasting. And let me say, the feet are fully submerged. We are up to our eyeballs. We're in it. We're doing it. We're swimming. We're in the deep end. Because today on the show, I am joined by none other than Will Ospreay. I was so excited that he was down to hop on to do the show with me you know, not long after doing Wrestle Kingdom, after having this insane match with Kenny Omega. um, And I just think we don't get to hear too many Will Ospreay interviews. So I was really happy to have him on. Um, I feel like he was very open and honest about a ton of different things. It was just a a really great, cool conversation. Um, He's not a guy I've got to spend a ton of time around. So it was really cool to be able to hop on and just get to pick his brain a little bit more to learn more. About Will Ospreay, one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the entire world. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Here he is, guys, Will Ospreay. Mm -hmm. Will Ospreay here on the sessions. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What is the state of your body after that match at Wrestle Kingdom?
1: I'm all right. I've got a couple scars on my head. Like, I've got a, a couple where the turnbuckle like smashed open my head over here. And then the, the table, as my head was getting put through the table, I don't know. There must have been like one of those weird tables, but like, I guess it like splintered off and like I got stabbed in the head and it like made like a huge hole in my head. Oh but like, my other God. than that, like the, the usual <laughs> aches and pains that I normally get. But other than that, I'm still smiling. I'm still beautiful. Do you know what I mean? So I'm all good.
0: What is the, like, come down like for you after a match like that? I mean, building up to it, all the things that you've been through, and of course, we'll get into some of that stuff. But now that you're in, like, the, the afterglow of having such a huge match like that at Tokyo Dome, having the crowd in there, what was that feeling like for you?
1: It was real special just because, um, for me, it was a, a lot of hard work, not just from myself, but, like, everyone on the New Japan roster because uh, the government situation over in Japan doesn't allow cheering. And this was the first show that I participated in anyway that had full capacity cheering. Uh, there are 26,000 people in there, which was like, that's a real good one. The comparisons was that was kind of like the Wrestle Kingdom of, I think it was like 2000 and I want to say like 16. So like that's what they were drawing back then. So like after all the, the restrictions and all that, it was it was real nice to have like full, cheering crowd back as it was real special especially getting to come out to my old music as well little special nuggets like in the result uh really am but like i do feel like we accomplished what we needed to accomplish by getting new japan back on to where it was just because for me personally the wrestling never stagnated the wrestling was always good but I, i said it in my promo i don't know anyone that likes watching clap crowds wrestling at all i want to be able to hear the people i want to be able to engage with them and for three years i felt like i've been in a prison so it was really nice to let the doors open and let them all make noise again
0: do you ever get like emotional in those moments or are you like so laser focused on what's happening in the match or do you like really soak that in from the moment like that music hits and you start to walk out and you get to see everybody again
1: uh, a little bit, like for the last three years, I do feel like I have been on autopilot a little bit. Like even, I even remember last year's Wrestle Kingdom and Great uh, Okan's like massaging my so- shoulders just because I'm about to go out. And he goes, how you feeling? And I went, I feel nothing. Because I honestly, it was one of those ones where even though it was the main event of the Tokyo Dome, it wasn't the real thing. It wasn't the full experience. Uh, like getting to walk out there, to my music, to be in my own skin again, it was kind of like, it felt like the old me. And to do it on that platform, I felt like for the first time, all the wrestling world's eyes were really on me. It was about delivering, delivery. So it was a little bit emotional going in there, but like, I can switch it off the moment the bell rings, eh?
0: Going back to what you just said about not feeling anything during those moments of not feeling like yourself. How much of a fuck was that for you to go through that of like, why am I not feeling the way I normally feel pre-match heading into things?
1: It's heartbreaking, but like, I feel like when you laser in on it, like, so for me, I saw it almost as a game where I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to be so good. I'm going to make you make noise. So like, I, I saw it like that, but then like, you can only play that game every now and again before it becomes tedious and tiresome so like it is a real it it was heartbreaking at points because i really did feel like i was doing my best work that i've ever done it it kind of went under the radar because i'm not on national tv i'm not on weekly tv and like new japan at one point was the hottest thing going and when 2019 came in all of our arenas were sold out it was the best g1 that we ever done we performed in madison square garden like it was all systems would go eh? and then when that fucking pandemic came I, was, I could swear can't I
0: oh yeah let it fly i would never hinder you are you kidding me yeah i'll I, I let do it that fly quite a lot, eh? I, I can't <laughs> help it
1: i can't help
0: it i'll just let the producers get the little beat button going if they need to but no <laughs> we're like let
1: that let it it. I'm still <laughs>
0: Uh, it's so great. I feel like it's less offensive with a British accent, so you can you can yeah, you yeah, get away with there a lot so more. So many
1: things with a British accent. I noticed that, but <laughs> like, you guys don't like the c word. I love saying it.
0: Well, it's funny because before you jumped on, I was kind of like I was mimicking your your promo with Kenny. At the press conference and I was like, you e little cunt. And one of the producers was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, it's, you know, coming out of my mouth, it's like vulgar with you. It's like, oh, it's charming. It's fine. I
1: think that's the thing, in it? Like with the Brit, <laughs> like British is more like a term of endearment. So like, we'll, we'll look at each other every now and again. go, oh, you're a good cunt. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but like- <laughs> I do love saying it. It's such a naughty word. Eh? Like,
0: it's got it's, a good little impact. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is. It's a good one. Um, so in that promo, um, you were talking about your mental state over the past while leading up to this. How do you feel now?
1: Uh, I mean, like restriction wise, it's, it's easing up now. And um, I feel like even though there are still some restrictions going forward, like, so, I mean, what people don't know. I mean, maybe they do, but we've done the, the Tokyo Dome show. And to have all that noise and all that noise generating at you and then the next day we was back in silence again. It was always this, I always wanted to do like a QA. Okay, who was here yesterday? Like <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean yeah. everyone would put their fucking hand up. It doesn't make sense at all. But like mental wise, like we're not having to do any of the hotel isolations anymore. I feel like New Japan wanted us to, like, obviously not talk about it, but, like, it's the big elephant in the room. I like can't not talk about it. All the wrestlers are out of shape and starving and, and like, like, it's horrible. It was, like, one of the worst things we ever had to deal with, but we all did it. We all knuckled down because, A, we love our company and, B, there are fans still, t- like, for some strange reason, fans still were showing up. So it was an obligation to give them, like, the best quality product we can physically get. I mean it got hard. I mean, like I, I didn't do no near the amount of quarantines as some of the other lads had to do. But like I, I felt like in that moment I like especially sitting there opposite Kenny and having all of my work and all of our work like belittled and like just because A look, we all know AEW is like the big fish right now, right? It's one of the most incredible promotions going on. But like New Japan is still like, in my opinion, the better wrestling. In terms of like in ring action, we're like the best wrestling going. But because we've been in such like a pandemic state, it's almost looked down upon. So like I take great offence to that, just because all those lads, maximum you probably have to do like a three hour drive or an hour flight. You probably got a negative COVID test and I like had to had to be sent home or whatnot. But like for us, it was hell. It was like flying over twelve hours. Then you found out that the Russia and Ukraine were having a war. So then that got made into 15 hours. I only got told that when I was in isolation anyway, so that I'm getting told by my mates we might be drafted into war. So now I'm panicking in a, like in a box, like no bigger than this room, like smaller than this room. I'm in the dining room, by the way. Uh, but like, you're going nuts and you're you're literally like going insane. You can't like do anything about it, but you just have to like, Take it in what it is like. I, I even remember like I tried to order all like, order a Uber Eats to my room, and I had to go downstairs, and then they all flipped down. Like get back in your room, get back, and they're like pointing. Honestly, it was like prison. It was horrible.
0: Oh my god! And that how long would that be? Like two weeks?
1: Two weeks. Yeah. Like some Whew. like it got lessons to ten days. Like honestly, like and I know a lot of people don't want me talking about it, but like that was that's such a driving factor for me because out of all of that i've endured all of that and i still came to perform for everyone so for anybody to try like and dare belittle my work like it's one of those things where like they're cunts do you know what i mean they don't they don't need to have an opinion because they've never had to sacrifice that you you guys did like three hour drives like bless you you tried your hardest come like fuck you do two weeks in a fucking room no bigger than your fucking shoe closet
0: love Honestly, that would give me a panic attack. I remember certain points when, like, John wanted to go back to Japan and work, and obviously that never panned out at any point. But me thinking that too of like, oh my gosh, you've got to take that flight there, and then you've got to be in quarantine. And I've been in even in those hotel rooms with him there, and they are tiny. Like, that's really stressful.
1: I'm not saying it because like be all and end all. We all did that. We all made that sacrifice, and we all did it. But bearing in mind, we did it because we love our company, like, we, and we love the fans that support New Japan, and anyone that like supports we. Everyone from the gyms to the, the homegrown talent, we all done that. We all made that sacrifice to give you guys a better product. So I hope, like, appreciate it.
0: I mean, you look at Wrestle Kingdom too. I mean, to think from like everybody from New Japan that was on that show, to have talent from AEW on that show, to have talent from WWE on that show, to having certain unsigned talents being on a show like that, it really felt like the spotlight was directly over New Japan for that. How do you feel like the show was overall? I think
1: we knocked not out of the park, personally. I think from, from the, the first match that opened up the IWGP Junior Tag Titles to, to the very last match, I feel like as a cohesive unit, we all kind of made this secret bond to basically say, hey, we've got to knock this one out of the park. Like, this has got to be a good one. So to everyone on that roster and to everyone on that card, so like pat on the back, we all did it. Like, thank you so much. And even the guys that weren't on the card, I feel like their praises need to be sung because, like, there's a lot of guys, like, for example, Shingo wasn't on the main card and he'd done a lot of the, the back work during those pandemic shows, so, like, his praises need to be sung. Uh, and, and everyone's praises that was on those shows, like, it needs to be sung out loud, but, like, to everyone that was on that show, like thanks for knocking it out of the park.
0: Hell of a show. I mean, as a fan, I had a blast watching the whole thing and just like the build up to that. We had Rocky on the show not too long ago and even just like picking his brain about it. It's really, really cool. You guys absolutely did knock it out of the park. So congratulations. Um, okay. So you are regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the world. Some of our favorite wrestlers, favorite opponent. Who is your favorite opponent?
1: Uh, I have to give a cheeky shout out to Shingo. Like, Shingo- tests me like when it comes to the ring of like trying to find new intricate ways of being able to perform our style of match i feel like we do have a, a different way of looking at pro wrestling and i always like saying it but we did a match uh in may in wrestling don taku and uh that was one of the most hellacious nights for us because it was like the night before like all the card was absolutely fine and then like we were about to get to our match and then there was like a couple COVID breakouts, and this was like brand spanking new. Like, a couple of wrestlers got COVID. We were all like a little bit, oh shit! We, like, are we, everyone okay? So we had to like defer everyone's brain away from that and just put. And uh, me and him went out there for I think it was like forty six minutes, something on those lines. It was, it was a real long match, but it was constantly moving. Like, and, and to do that in silence is, is some of the hardest shit I've ever done in my entire life.
0: Are you just so drained by the end? Like, obviously, physically you are, but on like the emotional side, do not have that adrenaline aspect. I guess it was
1: it was hard as well because that's the one I got injured in. So there was a there was a point in May where uh, I would performed a shooting star press in that match, and it, I guess it was like a little bit further than what I usually have. But instead of my body hitting like this, my body hit kind of there, and I kind of scorpions. You know, not like, I don't know, like a, like a Cobra in a weird way. And I felt this like pop go off in my back and I'd never felt it before. I injured my back and I've had an injured neck for ages. So like, by the end of that match, I was like proper fucking battered. Then Japan did a a, a mad national lockdown. So I was just like, you know what? Like for the first time, I'm going to take the time off and like, I'm gonna go and see what these injuries were.
0: You went home with that?
1: Yeah, I went home. And I got I got it looked at. I got MRIs, and like I was fucked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So
0: I feel like that was a really scary time for kind of everybody. I think, kind of, I mean, there's always the big buzz around Will Osprey, but to, I think to hear you being injured like that and nobody really knowing what the extent of it was, it seemed like that was a very big question mark.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep, like, the, the actual full extent of the injuries to myself just because I, I don't think it's anyone else's business. But it is one of those ones where, like, I was so mangled and I could have gone through with it. Like, I could have, like, done the naughty way of going about it. But for the first time, I kind of was just like, I'm hurt. Like, I I need to go home. I need to sort this out. And I sorted it out. And I feel like it, it's a build upon things where it's, like, there's a lot of mental pressure on us all right now. There was, there was injuries and that was, it was just like, it was so bad, but like going in there with Shingo, who like is one of my favorite opponents of like all time and being able to crush it for 46 minutes, like both battered, both hurt and just being able to do it in silence. Like I, I do, I do have a chip on my shoulder for that one. Like it's, it, it makes me, pr- that match, I'm proud of that match so much.
0: Um, when you think of some of the people that you've not been able to wrestle, and of course the one that comes to top of mind for me would be somebody like Seth Rollins. Is there anybody less obvious than Seth Rollins that you would like to wrestle?
1: Brian Danielson's a good one, eh?
0: Oh yes, that is a good one.
1: I ain't touched him yet. Like to get in the graps with him, see how good he is. Uh, everyone says he's the best, isn't he? So,
0: they say that. That's what they say.
1: <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone goes, he's really good at this pro wrestling nonsense. So <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give it a go.
0: Your time wrestling in AEW, I was reading through the interview that you did um, with Fightful, and you were talking about how your time wrestling in uh, the United States, obviously you had your time at Ring of Honor as well, but that it was a little bit eye-opening you about things that you needed to learn. What were some of the things that you think that you need to learn?
1: Well, it's just like TV wrestling is so different. Like, it's just, like, it's all about, like, cameras and, like, finding it. Like, do you know what I mean? I couldn't give a toss about the cameras or anything like that. I just want to go and wrestle for the live audience, I think. it's, But, like, I had to kind of, like, put ego to one side. And just – because, I, you know, like, I'm good at this. Like, I I know I'm I'm good, right? But, like, I walked into it, I went, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Like, do you know what I mean? So I I needed someone to help me out and navigate the waters. And, like, it was – It was an incredible learning experience. It was one of those things where I I was so out of my depth, but then when I started swimming, it kind of, okay, I'm starting to understand this now. But I feel like if I, if that became like my week in, week out, I'd understand it a little bit better. But to be kind of like thrown in there and just go swim, you know, I fucking don't know what to do.
0: It's very stressful. I mean, I can't even imagine from like the wrestling aspect of things, like even from like my small aspect of like what I do when I had to walk out on the stage for the first time with AEW, I was like, wait, I've never walked out on this stage before. Where are all the cameras? Where am I supposed to land? Like in WWE, I knew where all the things were, so it was fine. It was, you know, I knew where all that was. But yeah, first day when you don't really know where you're going, where the marks are you're trying to hit, all that stuff, it can throw you for a hell of a loop.
1: What door did you enter out of? Because they've got signs here. It says, good guy. I came through the
0: baby face door. You went, Duh. Through, you went
1: through a baby face. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where did you come out of? Of
1: course, bad guy. Everyone hates me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you uh, do you see the United Empire ever uh, challenging for those trios titles?
1: To be fair, like the, the original holders uh, death triangle, we fucking whooped those boys. So I don't know why we ain't been invited back.
0: Hey, hopefully you do get to come back and we'll get that Brian Danielson match. I feel like there's, yeah, there's probably a couple of really good guys in AEW you get your hands on.
1: There's a shit ton of lads I'd like to do. Like uh, Jungle Boys and like, I feel like I could have a battle with him. I feel like I could have a proper banner with him. Like, uh, there's even weird, like Miro. I'd love to face him.
0: Okay, I never thought of that. Some beefy boys just haven't at it.
1: I just like battering people, do you know what I mean? I like getting bad. It, like, it's one of those weird things that it wakes me up. Once you realize you take a few punches and you're not made of glass, you realize, all right, I right, can get into this shit.
0: I can take it. Um, your contract is coming up, is it not? Yeah. Do you have any news on that?
1: No, like, the thing is, is, like, so my main thing is is that I'm a, I'm a little bit of a family boy. So, like, the best thing about New Japan is I can, like, come do my shit and then go back home. So, do you know, like, I can go back and forth. I've got business class now, Renee.
0: Isn't that nice? I get to lay down.
1: <laughs> Stare at people, get a little
0: pillow, a blanket, a cocktail. Good, the lady night. came over
1: and went, Do you want a mattress softener? I went, oh, go on then.
0: Do you get the pajamas?
1: No, they do give you the pajamas, but like I travel <laughs> in flipping pajamas. I mean, look,
0: at oh, this. you got the Zubas on. Oh, Lord, I, I go in the
1: airport like this. <laughs> like, I look like I look like a right cunt. I'm sorry, saying anything, but I'm like, but I like traveling, I like being comfy. So like my main thing is is I, I don't mind doing the back and forth because in that way I get to spend time with family. I, I'm in like a new position in life now where I can I, I wanna be there and just like especially with my my grandparents are getting older, my mum and dad's getting older. So like uh, so I honestly I don't know what's gonna happen, but like right now is I think the most important thing is is there's happiness in it. So I'm fairly positive that me and New Japan will work something out, but like I, I'm also along the same lines of like for the first time. I kind of had a moment of realization that i only dipped my toes into america i've never really stretched out there i've had one foot in the door and then the other everything else has been out so there is that part of me that is kind of like well maybe it is time to change things up maybe it's time for me to see what is on the other side but my heart belongs here like this house is because of new japan like this everything that i've ever done but Man, like I love that place so much. So it going be, It's going to be a tough road when it does come up, but it's one of those things where you just have to take uh, things out they go.
0: Well, the good news is that there are some companies here in America that have working relationships with New Japan, so that is a thing of beauty. That's great to not take that off the table. But to play devil's advocate, I feel like there's a big fat paycheck over here for you. You could get a lot of cash. Do you think about that? I mean, I know you love the business and you love what you do, but getting paid is really nice as well.
1: The thing is, I'm getting paid very nice over in New Japan. Like, I mean, like, I'm not, like, on, I don't know, who's rich? I don't know, Adam Cole. We use him. I like him. He's a lovely boy. But, like, I'm not on Adam Cole money, do you know what I mean? But, like, I'm on, like, fairly fucking decent money, and it is just, like, it's its a huge weight off my shoulders, especially, like, now I've got loads of bills coming in. But, like, and I'm in a comfortable position where I can pay that and buy my Zoops. So, like, you know what I mean? Like we're we're in a good position right here.
0: I feel like you've really unlocked some of these things early on in your career of like, you don't have to have the boatloads of money. It's nice to be home with your family. I feel like that's a good centering point.
1: It's a wonderful centering point. And it's one of those things where like, I, I just unlocked a code from the Matrix because like, I mean, I could have been one of those like guys from NXT UK and like stayed there and now all of them are jobless, you know what I mean? So it's like, and my heart goes out for all of them. I'm, I'm so gutted for them. But like, I lucked out and like, thankfully, like I was able to get over to New Japan. The touring schedule works perfectly for me. And I'm just kind of like, you know, it can't really get better. The only thing that could make it better if it was just once a week. You know and I mean? It's, that's where I'm at right now. It's just, I, I, I love money. I really do. It's really, really nice, isn't it? <laughs> but it's just one of those ones where like, with New Japan I kind of get to do whatever the fuck I want. And like every time I get in every time I get in trouble, I can like just go to Japan, just kind of be like, all right, I'm just gonna avoid all this hellfire over here
0: do you mean that in the sense as well of like your wrestling style nobody has to micromanage you there in terms of like what your style is what your matches look like
1: especially promos i don't think i could cut a promo without saying
0: cunt oh (laughs) that might be hard for you (laughs) (laughs) that might be hard my iq
1: in wrestling (laughs) is amazing my iq in real life is fucking dog shit love we can't have it all I'm doing my best. I'm trying. I'm. I'm learning to read. I think that that's kind of like right, a good incentive there. Like I'm. I'm doing my best. I've. I've got it good. I've hacked the matrix. I don't need to deal with anyone. And they, they just kind of just go. All right, is the match? Do a good match. And I go, yes, sir.
0: There's definitely something nice about not adding those like extra stressors into your life. If you don't need them and you're happy with where you're at, you obviously don't need to prove yourself to anybody else. We all know you're fucking great. So when when like that part's not there, like there's a certain point, I think when you're able to just like, you're able to pay your bills, you've got a little extra pad in the bank, you can go out to dinner if you feel like it or buy the Zubas should you desire them. There's something nice to just like, that part's all nice and fine. You don't need to have like boatloads of cash in the bank.
1: Yeah, there's, there's like a mixture of it. I mean, I, I would like boatloads of cash. I really would.
0: Are you a big spender?
1: Yeah. Oh God, I'm <laughs> not good. That's, that was my New Year's resolution. I eh? like to not spend as much money.
0: You know what kind of scared me the other day? So I'm like getting ready in the morning, and my I feel like my like mom brain now. I'm like so compartmentalized by different things. I'm like getting ready, and I'm like. Have I saved enough money? I start Googling. I'm like, how much money should you have saved by the time you're 40? And it said you should have three times your salary saved in the bank by the time you're 40. I was like, oh, that's a lot of money. I ain't
1: fucking done one bit of that.
0: <laughs> that's really scary. I know you like start to think about these things. But what do you what do you spend your money on? What's like your guilty like purchases?
1: I like track suits. I really like wearing my track suits. I think like, I like being comfy. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um video like i like playing video games quite a lot like uh but like all right so i haven't been playing it right now just because like i like playing video games when i'm on the road but then i haven't been on the road for a while but so i've just i've somehow been spending money though i don't know what i will to have to get my bank statement say to tell you what i spend my money on but like i just I, it just happens doesn't it i feel like i'm the i'm the type of guy as well where i take all my friends out for dinner and i'll pay for it like just I'm, I'm that type of cunt. I need to stop doing it.
0: I'm bad with like the Amazon purchases because we all live in that world. of just like you click and it's at your house. I need this thing. I should have it. Click it. It's going to be at the house tomorrow. Great. Like that's so bad.
1: I've got a giant whiteboard coming tomorrow. <laughs> I'm only going to need it for one day.
0: <laughs> hey, you got it now. And that's the problem. And I like my house is inundated with all this crap that I don't need. I've got like spare Christmas lights at my feet right now. It's all a bit of a shit show.
1: No, uh, the missus keeps the place quite nice. Actually, she keeps it really tidy. She has got me if I leave anything on the on the floor.
0: Tell her to come to my house. Come yell at my husband. Shit, help me out a little bit. Um, are you a perfectionist when it comes to your matches?
1: I don't know. Like, there's a part of me says yes because, like, if someone tells me like uh, like a stupid idea, I'm not going to go along with it. But in the, in the same sense, like, I, I don't know. I just it just it just happens. Like, I don't put. I I do think about it. Trust me, I do think. But like, in the same sense, just like I feel like sometimes you can get away with something if you can sell it correctly or if you can do this correctly or or whatever. It's just, there's parts of me that say I'm a perfectionist, but a lot of part of me is that I'm very laid back and very open to like whatever anyone really wants to do.
0: Are we ever going to see you wrestle Seth Rollins? What's the deal with Seth?
1: I would love to do it because uh, I mean, I liked Seth before he was Seth. I liked him when he was Tyler Black. Do like, you know what I mean? I used to think he's a good wrestler in Ring of Honor, and I think he's—I think he still is a good wrestler. So, if there was a chance of making it work, I mean, I'd absolutely love to make it work. It is just we are bound by contractual obligations that say that we can't do it. But I don't know. I feel like the the, the doors are slowly opening to like other exports, and maybe things can happen here and there. But you know, I don't know.
0: A nice little cross breeze happening. I feel like the doors are opening just a little bit.
1: A little bit, you know, like someone opened the window. Do you know what I mean? But not the good <laughs> yeah. window, like that little, that little small. Bicycle. There's a screen
0: on it still. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I'm just picking the red fruit. I come in.
0: <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I mean, you guys were definitely lighting it up on Twitter for some time, and it was. You've had some very interesting Twitter exchanges in general. I feel like you and Randy got into it. Don't
1: oh, <laughs> no, bring up my social media. <laughs>
0: Are you like a regretful tweeter? Do you tweet things and you're like, oh my God, why?
1: I actually done a lot of soul searching with this because I feel like I was an absolute cunt when it comes to this thing. Uh, I feel like I don't think about what I write. I'm dyslexic as fuck. I don't really understand it. Like I'm being on the spectrum for fucking autism and I got mad ADHD. So like I don't think about shit. I just do it and then like, And I feel like I've used it as a diary for so long and like I'm not realising that I'm tweeting to like fucking hundreds of thousands of people. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I've let myself down and I've let down anyone that's ever wanted to be like a firm supporter of me. I do feel like an absolute twat sometimes when I read back some of my old stuff. But like, I think the best thing what I can do right now is everything that I've ever done when it comes to social media and someone's told me that I fucked up I put my hands up all the time and I say, Hey, like I am fucking sorry. I came to a realization when I went, no one gives a fuck about your opinion, but no one cares about my opinion. So why the fuck am I even tweeting it? So I'm at that point now where I'm really trying hard to like educate myself and be more mindful towards other people. And like, I've, I've gone above and beyond the line of duty to like make amends with people that I've fallen out with and shit like that. So like, because uh, I don't feel like I'm an, I'm an arsehole. Like, I can admit, right, I'm a cunt, but I'm a nice cunt.
0: You're a cunt in like the endearing sense.
1: In the endearing sense, yeah. I'm just, I'm trying my best to like, not just go back on it, but just like try and really like mend fences.
0: NFL wildcard weekend is here and the easiest way to get in the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code Renee. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spread to player props. Get in on all of the action. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super, super easy to use. FanDuel is also now live in Ohio, so make sure to get in on the action, also with great offers just for you now and throughout January. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, just use the promo code Renee R-E-N-E-E. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Disclaimer. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9WITH-IT for Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. one 800 4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. I want to take a little rewind to something that you said. Talking about being dyslexic, perhaps on the spectrum with autism, ADHD. Are these all actual diagnoses for you?
1: Yeah, so I got diagnosed with ADHD in like 2019 because I felt like there was something wrong with me i was dyslexic after i finished school like i finished school and i like i essentially failed everything the only things i passed was drama and pe so like english math science and like all the things that you need to get to college i failed at so like i had to just go to work and like i, I feel like i got to a point where like so then i wanted to try and get into college and then i went through something and i I feel like the term used was like erlen syndrome, which is, they said it's like, a, a, I, I can't remember what it was, but she said it's just like a form of dyslexia. You can't read very well. You're not very good at writing. And I'm not, like, I can't, like, the words have got to be fucking huge for me to read it. Um, so, like, I've always struggled with that. So sometimes I tweet something and, like, I haven't even read it properly. So then there's a bunch of fucking spelling mistakes. And, like, it's, it's proper embarrassing, isn't it, as, like, a grown-ass man. I've got a mortgage somehow. And, like, fucking, like, I can't even read and write. But, like, um the ADHD stuff came about in 2019, late. Uh, I'd have called my doctor out. I wasn't feeling good. I got sent over some tests and then, like, found out what it all was. And then it was it was kind of a little bit like, I don't want it to ever be an excuse, but it was almost just like, I feel like that's why you've got yourself in so much trouble, is because you've not thought about the repercussions. You've just done it. And I feel like you know like I'm growing up now. I'm nearly thirty, so I've got to grow up sometime soon. But the, the autism thing, right? I, I went through it like a doctor thing when I was oh, fuck. When was that? I think it was actually at the start of 2020, and that yeah, it was. And then the pandemic kicked in, and then I've never rode back since. So like, I've always I've always tried, but like I've always tried, but like. I, I do feel like I'm on the spectrum, but, like, I haven't had that, like, boom, guaranteed. Like, it's just one of those ones where, like, it's a little bit, like, I don't know. Like, the, the other two, like, yeah, got diagnosed. The other one, like, i still yet to have answers for. But the waiting list, especially in England, is fucking long, bruv.
0: It's like that in Canada, too. It's brutal. It takes ages to get in anywhere. I don't
1: see it now, like, even if I did have it, I don't see it as, like, a detriment. I still always see it as, like, a superpower. All of us autistic kids, we're so much better than the regular normal people. Like we just we can fucking lock into shit. We can just do it. To all my autism kids out there, we're fucking we're top.
0: What are the things that you like focus in on? What do you like laser in and obviously wrestling?
1: Wrestling. It's just like I can't fucking stop. Like I I really do like overthink it. So not not overthink, but I lock into it. It, It's cool. I think it's a real cool superpower.
0: I think it's really interesting too, because I've always said that I think that John is also falls under that because he is so laser focused, especially on wrestling, but there's a few other subjects that he can like hone in on. And it's like incredibly impressive to me. I'm like, holy shit. Like it's nuts.
1: I listened to his, I think he done something where he's talking about like, he does like promos where sometimes you just be awake at night and you will just like pace around like talking about promos. I want to get that. I want to get that superpower power just because like, I've started understanding who I am as a person when it comes into wrestling, but I'm not very good at putting sentences together. Like I've never been really good at it. I think that's where I've always like failed at that side of what professional wrestling is. I'm starting to get a little bit better at it, but like, I love how like John puts together promos. I think he's like that one way he said, I think it was like, it's time to be a legend. It was after the fucking AEW shit happened, And I sat there and I was just like, that's your boy. Our view in all of this fucking shit, all of this hot steaming shit rallied the fucking troops again. Like that's a mad superhero shit.
0: I was watching it from home and I was like, look at you. Give me another baby. Look at you go. Holy. (laughs) 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 But he really, really rises to the occasion in moments like that. I mean, he's such a he's so, so great at promos. Um, What do you watch? Who do you watch?
1: One of my influences growing up was AJ Styles. I used to love AJ, like infatuated with like how he moved, how he talked, how he like, I feel like he was, and like, I liked it as well because he was like the guy in TNA. Like there was a point, and we should be able to say it because now Impact's really good, but there was a point in TNA where it was dog shit. But like, bearing but like, be all and end all, you could always go like, well, at least AJ's there. Like, I've always liked that. Like, if the company gets like shit, you could always be like, but at least AJ's there. So I've always liked that. Uh, Marufuji was like a huge like influence as well. Like watching how he moves and how he like is able to even innovate to this day. Like is is crazy how he does that. I like watching uh, the old junior heavyweight matches, like Prince Devitt uh, before he was Bullet Club Prince Devitt. I used to love watching that. But yeah, like, like I, I religiously watch AEW. Like I, I think it's for my money, it's the best products like wrestling wise like I think it's more it's more mature I would say it's better than the spooky demons
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough um, why did your match against ricochet uh, divide the wrestling world so much from a performance standpoint
1: uh I think it's because people wanted to have a conversation about wrestling I feel like a lot of people needed to like what was wrestling because I think I on one side of the thing, it's two people portraying a fight and the other side of things, it's uh, it's a performance art. So, like, it depends on how you view wrestling. Like, I view wrestling like superheroes and Marvel uh, characters and I've always thought, like, if Ricochet and Will Ospreay meets in the ring, it's got to be Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. That's how I would view that match. But, like, I guess it divided people because I guess one side of the people thought it was too balletic and not rugged enough and i think a lot of the other side of things it was like i feel I, I don't know i feel like people were just like arguing back and forth and i think i'll be honest i think it was a conversation that needed to be had and i think it is it's even a conversation that needs to be had today uh, especially when it comes to like some of the younger kids coming in because like uh, me and trev joke about this a lot we've inspired a bunch of guys who are just doing cartwheels for the sake of doing cartwheels now but like i'd I just say like It's the Indies, eh? Like, I mean, New Japan wasn't, but like, for me, like, they're all doing this on the Indies. Like, this is where you figure shit out. Like, I even, I even said on a podcast a little while ago. I think there's a problem with the UK right now because a lot of guys are coming in as like agents in like, like your random promotions, and you kind of like, look, the reason why England got over is we didn't have agents. We just fucking went and did it. Like, and we, and because it had that DIY attitude. So, like, I guess. Cut, like, this is one of those ones where I feel like people just need to figure it out. Like, we figured it out. And then one of these days, I went to go wrestle Katsuyori Shibata. I wanted to do a cartwheel, and he went, fuck off. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so it just battered me for a while. But then it just, it just makes you into a good wrestler. I feel like if you approach any negative feedback with, like, fuck you, I know how to be a wrestler, then you're never going to get any better. But then, like, I feel like if you, if you open it up a little bit more, and like, listen to what they're saying. I, I think you can improve. and I feel like me and Ricochet done that. I think we're doing, we're both doing really well.
0: I would say so. Um, you said something else interesting in an interview. Uh, I can't remember where it was with, but um, you were talking about how you made your name in Japan. They made you a star. New Japan made you a star and your heart belongs to them. You continue to work with them. Do you think that a lot of people maybe think that they're bigger than the business now? Do you think like you can see some of that sometimes? I don't
1: really know. I just cause I, I keep myself to myself. I like I feel like there are days when I hear people like shit talking, right? So like here's my example. I see a lot of people moaning about being employed and being working. And then there's guys like for me, Carl uh, Fletcher and Mark Davis, who are like, in my most humblest of unhumblest opinions, like one of the fucking greatest tag teams, Aussie Open, going. And they haven't got a contract, do you know what I mean? Like, they're fucking, they even get, like, a pot to piss in. They're literally, like, they're just getting, like, tour deals. They're not making nowhere near as much money as, like, certain guys in AEW or WWE or whatever. And it's like, I feel like you just got to realise sometimes, like I, I get it, the passion comes through and you want to do what's best for business and you want to do what's best for your character. But, like, I also feel like, in the same sense, you're getting money and you're getting, like, at one point in your life, you was no one like so just be like kind of like grateful that you're in this position we all have those moments where we're just like fuck this i want to go elsewhere like they'll treat me better and all all that shit and it's part of me is just like just smile away like we're all fucking alive we're all breathing we're all like we're all blessed here to be and we're like we've somehow broke out of the matrix you know what i mean there's guys working like and no disrespect to anyone but there's a postman that comes in knocks on my door all the time so when you're back to japan and I just think to myself, like I, I could be doing that and I'd be getting my steps in and it will be all right. But like, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be creatively fulfilled. It's nothing stopping. Like I mean, there is something stopping the WWE guys, I guess, but like any of the AEW guys, I'm sure you guys can go do the indies. If you're not creatively, uh, if you're creatively unfulfilled, fucking come over to RevPro. I'll wrestle you. You can't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're totally right. Um, you also mentioned earlier uh, going into Wrestle Kingdom, being able to use Elevated. What went into you being able to get that together? What happened?
1: The story for me with that is like, that's the guy that Kenny said goodbye to. At one point, I was the aerial assassin. I was like, I was the good guy, like fucking fighting for New Japan, like hot in one hand and nuts in the fucking other. I was that guy. and then and along the way, while this pandemics kicked in, you know, I've transformed into this like into this different guy. And I think for me personally, going against Kenny, the story was that wasn't the guy you said goodbye to. That wasn't the guy you said. I need you, the company's going to lean on you. I need you to push forward. I need you to be the guy now. For me, it was poetic to not only bring back the Assassin Creed hoods, because that's the guy he said goodbye to. I wanted the full experience. I wanted to be fucking babyface Billy and come out like superhero. And it was just one of those ones where, like, it was a one-time only thing. Like, there's a small, small part of me wanting to bring it back, but I just think right now, I, I like, I failed at that mission. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I need to come inside. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe that wasn't the right choice. So it was just one of those ones isn't it.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, your ring gear and your jackets are epic. Epic proportions. Um, what goes into the jackets? How many of them do you actually have? What do you drop per jacket?
1: They've gone a bit cheaper now, just because I've gone back, to, I've gone back to the assassin, but they're, they're still quite pricey. Uh, the Assassin's Creed jacket. So obviously like uh, I'm, I'm a big Assassin's Creed video game nerd, And so like, it's, it's one of my favorite games ever. And, like, I found myself being able to move like the Assassin's Creed guys, so I wanted to have that whole experience. And I'm, uh, my designer is from the Netherlands, her name's Serena. She Her company is called Airhead Diva. She makes all my jackets. And um, the, the one I'm most – well, like, the one that I I, I can't believe we end up getting, you know, it's just one of those, like, one of these crazy coincidences – But she knew somebody that worked in, like, Versace and all, like, the fabrics that they designed. And, like, they get, like, off-cuts, I guess. And they instead of, like, doing something with them, they just throw them away. So she was able to get that fabric. I'm going to get so much shit for this. Justin Bieber wore a Versace outfit, and it was to Drake's pop star. I think that's... And in the music video, he was wearing, like, specific Versace, and she found that fabric. And was able to make a coat out of it. So, like, most of the coats are, like, the Assassin's Creed ones are, like, two grand a pop. A lot of them were sold, to be fair. But the, the Versace one that we, drop, we dropped that Forbidden Door, that was ten k.
0: Oh, my God. The
1: one with the giant lion head on it. So, that's a cool one as well. That's, that's from, like, a company in Canada that, like, makes cruelty-free items. And they, like... I was like make it so I wanted like a green fucking line on it. I love that coat, but that one's gone as well. That was another 10K drop. So it was just like, I, I do put a lot of thought and detail into it because Okada was my like mentor for like so many years. And I looked at him and I thought, that's a fucking star. Do you know what I mean? The way he presents himself. And I wanted to do the same thing. So I just presenting myself in a different manner. And I feel like I've done an right job presenting myself from the entrance. I have uh, I got taught by Burridge and Gary Vanderhall my trainers, you got five seconds to get people's attention from when you walk through the curtain. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a sexy assassin.
0: <laughs> done and done. There is something special, though, I think, about the pageantry at New Japan. I mean, my big takeaway when I got to go, when John uh, did uh, did Wrestle Kingdom a couple of years ago, I had never been to Japan. I had never been to a New Japan show. And I was like... Whoa! Hold the fucking phones. The gear here is insane. The entrances are insane. Like I love that side of professional wrestling, and I just I feel like so, there's just something really special about the way that New Japan does. Do you guys all try to like outdo each other?
1: I, I try and outdo Okada. That's, that's always my main one. <laughs> I've always been like one of these days I'll outdo you. But uh, but like yeah, I feel like that's that's half the thing for me is I quite liked the the pageantry the pageantry as well It's one of It's just, uh, it's so gorgeous to look at, isn't it? It's just eye appealing. I feel like for me as well, I feel like America could take some inspiration from this, but the way that they film wrestling in Japan is so much better to how they film it in America. Somebody tweeted this at me a little while ago. I can't remember what. They're breaking down how me and Shingo from The Best of Super Juniors was filmed. It's like five minutes worth of entrances between us and it's all done in, like, five different camera shots rather than, like, 14 in, like, two minutes. There is just an art to how Japanese wrestling is filmed. Uh, I feel like a lot of people can hugely benefit from watching how they film it and going off of that.
0: Um, okay, so wrestling things aside, um, talk to me about your pugs. I was scrolling through your Instagram. You're a pug dad. <laughs> Tell me about these little snorting, farting little turds. Where are they?
1: Oh, they are really in the room. Do you want me to get them?
0: Yeah, I grab them.
1: Bear with me. <laughs> Boys, come here. We know want to see you. Oh, I've got one of them. There he is. Come here. This one. Hi, baby. This is Hagrid.
0: How much do you miss your dogs when you're not home? Does it kill you? When I lived in
1: Japan for a little bit, having to say goodbye to these guys was like Worst thing, like, I've ever had to endure as a human being. Like, I cried so much here about this. Oh like, and I don't like, I just like playing with him. Like, he's just such a, like, relaxed dog, but he's so fat.
0: Pugs and bulldogs are just, like, we have a bulldog, and they're just, like, they're snorting, they're farting, they stink, they're a little mean, they're a little rude, but it just adds to the charm.
1: Oh, yeah, but they're funny, aren't they? Norbert's funny.
0: <laughs> Norbert.
1: Norbert looks like he's in constant pain.
0: Oh, hi, baby. Oh, how old is Norbert?
1: Norbert is five this year. I think he's five this year. So he's four and Hagrid's three. Um,
0: Okay, listen, I've taken up a bunch of your time. My last question to you, though. What is the best advice you've ever received throughout your career?
1: Don't take things to heart. I think wrestling's super weird, eh? Because it is a bunch of egos in a room. I feel like if you can remove the ego from everything... immediately a lot of people need a slap when they're talking to you, right? A lot of people need a fucking slap. But, like, a lot of the time, it comes from a good place where it's like, this is what I kind of want to see from you. So if you can remove that from the situation, and if someone's going like, well, your headlock wasn't, like, tight enough or whatever it is... They're not shitting on you. They're trying to tell you, like, there's flaws in your work. There's times where you can't say shit. That's how it is now. Like, just, hey, that was shit. Don't do it again. You said it was shit. It hurt my feelings. I, I don't know. Like, if someone tells me it's shit, I'll just go, all right, I'll do that again. All right, so the best advice I ever got given is only take advice from people that you actually respect. Like, you don't need, right, you don't need everyone's opinion. Right, I, don't need to, I don't need to listen to every single cunt, right? I just need to listen to the guys that I respect and I admire I want to divert my career along the same lines that they've diverted their career. Like, I'm never going to be Triple H. Right? I, I'm never going to have the water flying out of the sledgehammer or something like that, but I could relate a little bit to Shawn Michaels more. So, like, do you know what I mean? But, like, just because Triple H did it one way doesn't mean Shawn Michaels did it a different way. Bret Hart, same way. Like, you've just got to latch onto something that you can relate to and you can diverse and go like, okay, like I liked how they did it. I'm going to go down that route. I'm going to take that advice. You know, like all advice is like advice, but you don't need to take it all on board. Just take it to the ones that you actually respect.
0: I always feel like that is the best advice. That's advice I give to people too. Don't listen to everybody that gets in your ear and wants to give you their opinion because people love to talk a little shit. You have too many voices in your head. All of a sudden you're like, do I even know how to do what I'm doing anymore? I thought I was good at what I did. Now I don't know what the fuck I do anymore very confusing
1: I think that is a real big problem eh? especially like I mean honestly I've never been there but like I can imagine being in WWE and you're getting advice from one person and then you leave that feedback and then someone else is giving you another one it's completely different and sometimes you just got to listen like oh wow I, I did something and they react to it so I must be doing something right
0: sorry I lied I have one more question Um, why is your mom's Yorkshire pudding the best one ever was it your mom's recipe you gave me or was it your grandmother's how do you know about that <laughs> You sent it to me like a while ago. Did I? <laughs> you did. I was like tweeting something about Yorkshire pudding, and you like gave me your mom's recipe, and it was it was either your mom's or your grandmother's, and it was a delight. It's me mom. Me mom
1: does amazing yeah. Yorkshire puddings. She <laughs> yeah. that woman is my inspiration, but like mainly because of the Yorkshire pudding. <laughs>
0: No one puts a little respect on the Yorkshire pudding. I love it. I made um, a, a beef tenderloin for Christmas dinner. And I was like, Yorkshire pudding, slap it around. And everyone's like, what? People in America don't know about Yorkshire pudding. So shame on them.
1: I, I, I'm used to coming to England soon, isn't I? I'll get, I'll get my mom to do catering. I'll get to Please.
0: Yorkshire oh, my God. I just need Yorkshire pudding and like banoffee pie.
1: Oh, my mom could do that. Yeah, my mom's good at that.
0: Well, Will, you are uh, lovely as always. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, Wrestle Kingdom was an absolute delight and can't wait to see what else the future holds for Will Ospreay.
1: I really do appreciate it. Sorry for saying the C word so many times. I, just, I can't help it. It's just, it
0: happens.
1: There's mad in it. but uh, You're lovely as always.
0: Thank you so much. Um, hopefully I see you soon.
1: Hopefully so. All right. God bless you, lovely. Take
0: care. Bye. A big thank you to Will for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Cannot wait to see what the future holds for this guy. What kind of matches he's going to be having. I know he listed a couple different guys that uh, he would love to lock up with. So uh, we will all kind of hold our breath and wait and see what the future holds for this man. But thanks for coming on, hanging out with me. Um, And a reminder to you guys, you can catch me on Amp. The show is also on Amp. So... Whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, what have you on AMP, we are on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Just download the app, find us, tune in, subscribe, hit all those settings, all those notifications, all that good stuff, because you can go hang out with us over there as well. More sessions for everybody. All right, guys, thanks again for hanging out. I really appreciate you guys spending the time uh, with me, with the podcast, with these guests, um, and enjoying some of these conversations. I promise we're going to continue to knock out some really great interviews, have great guests, and just continue to do the damn thing into 2023. Until next time, this has been The Sessions.